Kyle. Why so chipper? Why am I so chipper? Well, at this time of the morning. This is like the earliest we've ever recorded. And I, for one, am thrilled. Where are we going? Listeners, welcome to the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast. Today, we're doing a worldy road show. That's right, we're taking this ship on the waves, show on the road. It just makes me think we need to get an antiques roadshow style um background music for the for the for our little journey that'd be fun let's try um, and find that right we'll try and do that in the edit uh, so uh yes we're going to go and watch a football match kyle well that's not that exciting our listeners say as they quickly turn off the podcast they downloaded <laughs> well guys we're gonna go watch a football match at a brand new stadium it's a 62,000 all-seater stadium it is situated in n17 in tottenham that's right kyle and i today will be going to the tottenham hotspur fc Stadium, the brand new, severely delayed stadium, which has overtaken the skyline of that part of Harringay Borough in London. Now, I think that I said in the last episode that we were going to be on tour in an old car, but we decided instead, due to per- parking reasons, we're just going to get a new bus. A new bus, rather than an old car. Which doesn't belong to us, just public transport. We're going to drive our bus. Listen, I'm so excited that I feel like, hell, everything's ours today. It all belongs to us, Kyle. I'm going to be having a coffee on that bus. And I'll be having <laughs> some tinnies. <laughs> <laughs> so we, both of us, live very close in terms of, you know, London distances to the new stadium. Yes. And from the... I live near Alexandra Palace, which is a lovely green area. Um, and I can see both Arsenal and Tottenham stadiums from, from that park. Um, so which is more imposing on the skyline. The new one, definitely. Because if you look out that direct... If you're looking towards the Arsenal one from the park, you're looking in towards the Metropolis. But if you're looking towards uh, sort of Easter section of the, where the new Tottenham stadium is, it is like a huge... Um, arena on the horizon that you said earlier it's absolutely massive so um for those of you who don't know tottenham Hotspur used to play in a 36,000 seater stadium called white hart lane uh and they have uh, over the last couple of years been playing their games at wembley stadium in northwest london uh whilst they wait for their new stadium to open and in an unusual turn of events it was delayed and it's only opened towards the back end of the football season uh, and we're going today because frankly we're really excited uh, about a new stadium. It's just a really exciting new thing. But we're also really interested because we often talk on this podcast about uh, the politics of football and uh, the kind of slightly darker side of things and how much money is involved. The new stadium costs a billion pounds. Uh, Tottenham N17, the area where the riots kicked off in 2011, is an area in need of regeneration and... Uh, with one of the highest rates of poverty in the whole of the UK. So we're excited to see this kind of bastion of uh, uh, bourgeoisie football uh, within this slightly uh, deprived area. We're going to sort of break down in a moment some of the uh, features of this new stadium. Um, But another thing that's uh, worth mentioning is that the club, Tottenham, have uh, agreed a, um, an association with the NFL, the, the American National Football League, which is a completely different sport, of course, American football. And that means that there's going to be some league games from the American Football League that are going to be played in the new stadium. And it has a retractable uh, separate pitch, doesn't it, Joel? It's going mm. to come on, on top of the soccer pitch. I've seen footage of this. The grass pitch sort of withdraws and goes underneath one of the stands... And whilst that happens, an artificial pitch that you need to play American football on, for apparently, I know nothing about gridiron, uh, that will roll out 
it is an extraordinary thing to watch. The pitch kind of comes away in sections and a new pitch comes on. And I think this is adding, this kind of connection, this relationship is adding to a sense of this being uh, not a football stadium. In the press, I've definitely heard a sort of um, sarcastic feel to it being it's 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 going to be a, a sports entertainment destination a venue um and so we're, we're going today to see just how well that and how successful the Tottenham fans are going to make it their home yes we are uh, we're going to go watch spurs versus huddersfield uh which is an exciting thing we're sitting in the largest single tier sta- uh uh, uh largest single tier stand in the whole of the uk it seats seventeen thousand people uh, it's only so explain what that means single tier stand so normally sta- uh, stadium of this size uh, every stand is built into kind of like a shelving unit so you have a lower bit and then there's a gap and then there's an upper bit you know like a shelving unit like a trip to Ikea yeah just like that whereas in this particular thing people have been like Do you know what I've only got one set of books yeah <laughs> keep... really tall books really tall books I'm gonna keep them on one shelf so it's just one long continuous bank of people 17,000 seething bodies uh, and we'll be sitting right in the middle of that as we watch Tottenham take on Huddersfield and that tends to allow the sound and the kind of the joy the expectation of the fans to not be broken up by that the kind of architecture keeping them all together it really creates like a a wall of sound. It keeps the sound in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Dortmund famously, Borussia Dortmund in Germany have a have a, sta- uh, a stand which they call the yellow wall. Uh, Tottenham uh, because Borussia Dortmund play in yellow. Tottenham play in white. I have very, very, very strong desire that it not be called the white wall. I mean, it sort of sounds a bit Game of Thronesy, which is apt. It's starting Game again of Thrones next is week. Right. Game of Thrones is fine. It's just the I don't know. There's connotations with the white wall, which I'd rather not. Uh, Let's see into. into the Game of Thrones one instead. Yeah, it's to do with keeping out the the White Walkers. <laughs> exactly. Kyle Walkers. Uh, so, Kyle, hit me with some stats. What we're going to experience today? We are going to see. Potentially, I don't think they're going to let us in. The Tunnel Club, Joel. The Tunnel Club is a exclusive, sort of membership-only uh, opportunity for rich Tottenham fans to sit in a bar with a one-way window, one-way mirror, where they can watch all of the players in the tunnel before they go into the game. I just don't get why that's appealing. It's like watching the gladiators before they... It's amazing. Also, Man City have this as well. Do they? And uh, Yeah, they were the first club to, to have this. And uh, apparently the, the, they have to rethink the glass situation because it, it was a mirror from the players' side. Right. So the Oh, I see. Players, so the players were really vain and doing the their The players hair. were doing their hair in the mirror and all these very, very rich people who had paid thousands and thousands and thousands of pounds to have a drink whilst watching the players in the tunnel uh, were complaining because the players were, you know... Pop in their spots or whatever in the mirror. <laughs> I love the idea of getting a selfie with an unbeknownst selfie with a player doing their hair. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. There's got to be rules against that. Yeah, probably. Um, there's also uh, a micro, not even a microbrewery, a proper brewery within the stadium. I think it's Beavertown. Beavertown Brewery. Beavertown are a local Tottenham uh, uh, kind of fashionable beer. What's the word? Trendy Hipster. beer. Hipster beer. Uh, they have a brewery in the stadium. Uh, it's an unheard of thing. It's very exciting. I, for one, even though it's very early in the day, the game kicks off at 12.30. We're getting down there for about 10. Uh, so you can imagine what time it is now, listeners. Uh, I, for one, am looking forward to sampling an IPA. Neck oil. It's very good. I I'm, I don't want to 
because we're, we're, I don't know if we said this already, we're gonna we're gonna record some bits from inside the stadium. Yes, obviously. and I've heard rumours about a special way the beer is dispensed that I'm gonna save until later. That's exciting! It's exciting, keeping our listeners on tender hooks. We think there's gonna be a cheese room, Joel. I've heard tell Kyle of a cheese room. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, apparently, it was all a lie. <laughs> the cheese room. Well, we'll find out. We're gonna we're gonna be investigative. We'll, we're gonna get we'll into that cheese room. But uh, Spurs did announce when they first announced all their corporate stuff. They did announce some years ago that there would be a cheese room sampling continental cheeses for the for the discerning fan. Yeah. Um, so uh, rumor has it that this was never a thing. We'll we'll go find out for you in a bit, listeners. Um, also, there is a skywalk, Joel. What the hell is a skywalk? It's like Kyle? the new, you know, the Millennium Dome. Uh, or the O2 centre, as it's called now, which is the O2, uh, you can walk across the top. Uh, so you get a great sort of view, panoramic view of London. Um, and I'm not sure exactly how the Skywalk is going to work, but I think it gives you un- unrivaled views of the stadium and the, and the surrounding mm. area. Interesting. Uh, I say interesting. I mean, I can go climb up a big building and get the same thing, but sure, I'm sure that that will be something that people will pay for down the line. So this is going to be a hotel. A hotel? Are we going to go and stay in the hotel? Have no, a nice... no, we we're not. live close enough not to do that. Fair enough. Um, there are going to be 258 residential properties built. Right. Uh, schools, a gym, and a supermarket. Wait, schools plural? Yeah, that's what it says. That's what it says here in my research. Wow, I... Yeah, this is, the, this is the kind of thing to challenge people like me. So I'm sure all our listeners are already going, oh, Joel's going to go on his money in football rant again. But when they say they're building schools, it's like, well, you know, no one else is doing that in the area. It's, uh, it's like, it, That's how they get you. Um, also, they reckon there's going to be about 2,500 jobs created by this whole project. Uh, and the MP for the area, David Lammy, uh, he said that it, the idea is going to transform the lives of children in the area. That's the idea, Joel. Right, we'll see. I mean, currently, it's a 62,000 very shiny glass building plunked down in an area with nothing changed around it. But we'll see. Yeah, okay. So the chairman of the club, David da- Daniel, not David Lammy, he, we just said him, he's the MP. He's a, he is a Spurs fan though, David Lammy. Daniel Levy, do you say Levy or Levy? I say Levy. Daniel Levy, the, the, who's been in charge of this whole project, and it's been going on for years, he said they didn't want to just build a stadium, Joel. We want to change the prospects for the people that live in this part of London, particularly after the riots, which we already mentioned, and for our stadium to be the flagship development that kick-started its regeneration. Wow, that's uh, a lot of business speak. And what do you think the, the, some of the realities of that are? You've done your own research. Well, so many uh, way back when in 2012, uh, Harringay Council waived a £16 million uh, part of a Spurs initial proposal uh, f- to put money directly into the area. Uh, under the proviso that Spurs would uh, police themselves, as it were, so they would provide affordable housing and schools, etc., rather than give £60 million to the Borough Council in order to pay for regeneration. It's a a worrying trend where a private finance initiative takes place uh, and they build this stadium and they put the money in and therefore they're in charge of what level of uh, investment they make in the local community. Um, I've got some numbers for you. Do you want to hear some numbers? Always. So the club spent £340 million on the acquisition of land, uh, the planning process and build costs. This was by last summer before they ran over by nine months. Um, This was financed with resources of the club because the club, unlike a lot of its Premier League rivals, had no debt. Uh, because of uh, being very well managed, um, selling players. Uh, They also drew £100 million 
£1,000 from general loans. So then they signed a five-year bank financing agreement, which included a £400 million bank facility with Bank of America Merrill Lynch International, Goldman Sachs Bank USA and HSBC. And in addition, HSBC provided a £25 million working capital facility to the club as part of this financing arrangement. So no matter how much they claim to be investing in the area, no matter how much they claim to be a bastion of regeneration and providing jobs, it's the same old faces really behind football. It's the the people who are really investing in this and who will really take money out of it are the big banks. Uh, the financing agreement means that Spurs will, will be paying back into those big banks a lot of money over the next uh, however many years. Um, the big... Concern at the moment, uh, there's a portion of land that they haven't built on that they own. Uh, however, they can't build on it without planning permission, and they would also have to uh, buy the, uh, I suppose, the freehold for the land. They own the leasehold or something like that. Uh, so they, they're right now they're in the deadlock with Harringay Council trying to persuade them uh, to let them build uh, luxury flats. Now they've said that 40% of those flats will be affordable. Uh, we're talking about these 250-something residential properties now, yeah. aren't we? Yeah, so yeah. they haven't yet broken ground on that. That project is still underway. But the 60%, you can imagine, will be luxury flats selling at a million pound a flat. Mm. And the 40% affordable will be whatever London affordability is, which you can probably imagine, listeners, wherever you live, uh, is not going to be affordable to the residents of Tottenham. So it is going to really change the area uh, around the stadium in that sense. Um, do you... Probably most of our listeners have heard of White Hart Lane. I uh, would have thought so. As in, maybe if they're not even f- familiar with it being the home of Tottenham, it's, it's sort of those old football terms. You just sort of like Old Trafford, you know, Highbury. Yeah. Anfield. Like you might not know or care about what's happening in these places, but you might have heard these words. White Hart Lane is is actually not the road the stadium is on. That's, no. So it's on Tottenham High Road. But White Hart Lane has a station, a train station. Yes, an overground station. And the club are going to try and change the name of the station to Tottenham Hotspur. Ooh, that is controversial. Well, also, White Hart Lane, do we need to lose it? Like, if you're not going to call... They're obviously... They're refusing to call the stadium White Hart Lane because they don't want fans to refer to it as White Hart Lane when they inevitably uh, sell the naming rights for hundreds of millions of pounds to a big corporation uh, along the lines of what Arsenal Stadium is called the Emirates Stadium, funded by the uh, Emirates Airline, and uh, Manchester City Stadium is called the Etihad, and there's numerous cases of this throughout UK football, the Reebok. uh, It's called the University of Bolton Stadium now. Is it? They changed it. Yeah, but also, I think there is precedent for this, and for those listeners who don't know, Arsenal and Tottenham, big rivals, Arsenal Tube Station... When you're on it, if you get if you get off there, which I do because it's one of my local stations, it's called Gillespie Road. Yes. So clearly that, you know, decades ago, that was changed to Arsenal to reflect the club. Being so, in the so area. Tottenham, you know, if Tottenham were to double down, they could say, well, Arsenal did it. Yes, they could. It's going to cost millions of pounds. Though. I've got here it's going to cost them 11.7 million uh, plus implementation costs of three million, so forty, nearly fifteen million pounds to change the name of the, of the train station. The also the other thing that opens up. Uh, uh, here I go up on my high horse again, Carl. Well, you don't, might... well, don't get up there for too long. All right, I'll try not to get up there too just long. Just jump, just put one leg over. Pull me down off the horse if it gets dull, listeners. Uh, uh, probably already dull, but anyway. Uh, so basically, um, this opens up a whole can of worms. Because now we don't know exactly uh, what tube stations are going to get renamed. Uh, there was uh, a Tory member of the London Assembly, Kyle. Here I am on my high horse. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 
you know what? In the, how many episodes have we done that? I don't think you've ever done the sound effects. It's always me undermining your point. You did it yourself. Yeah, I undermine my own point. Uh, to a member of the London Assembly has suggested uh, in about 2012, 2013, that it would be a great idea if, to finance TfL better, they sold the rights of tube station names. So you would have... Uh, Harrods at Knightsbridge and uh, what's the name of the department store at Bond Street? Selfridges. Selfridges at Bond Street and I don't know Nike Town. Nike? I don't say Nike. Nike Town, Oxford Circus and things like that. M&M World, Leicester Square. M&M World, Leicester Square. Yeah, I mean it's halfway between Piccadilly Circus, Leicester Square and M&M World. It could be for both. M&M World, Piccadilly Circus, M&M World, Leicester Square. I'm trying to think of a really banal one. Like, <laughs> Tops Tiles, Tottenham Hale. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I mean, if anything, what, you, what would then happen is you'd have like activist groups, like crowdfunding to try and buy the name of a tube that station. That would be amazing. Like, like, like May Out, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Crouch Hill. <laughs> um, anyway, so so it does open up a can of worms. Uh, who knows? Maybe they will rename White Hart Lane Station uh, Tottenham Hotspur Station. But Kyle, enough of this waffle. This isn't what people are tuned in for. They're tuned in to see if you and I can speak over the noise of sixty-two thousand people at a football match uh, and uh, enjoy the, the, that the sound effects. So of before that. we get in the car, I'm we're not put... getting in the car. We've already told them we're getting the bus. <laughs> before we get on the bus. I'm going to put the kettle on. I just need another coffee before we go. And uh, have a little break. And we'll come back and talk about uh, some memories of White Hart Lane. Because actually, news flash. Not news flash. Spoiler alert. Not that either. News. My dad is a Spurs fan. Oh, great. We'll look forward to hearing what uh, your dad has to say via you about memories of White Hart Lane. That's right. I don't know nothing about football. But I love my friends. So I'll watch it for them. Hello, we're back. I've got my coffee in my hand. Wake up, Kyle. You're going out. It's going to be a lovely day at the the football. We're going to have pints. It comes in pints and I'm getting one. I'm actually, I am excited. Of course I'm excited. Like, it's a a brand new era at a place that I've actually been with my dad quite a lot since I was five. Wow. Um, So, um, I'm going to admit to listeners, Joel. Um, we were going to do a call-in with my dad for the first time we ever done a call-in. We set it all up. We got it all sorted. Skype podcasting. We're very excited. For beginners. Um, but then my dad was out walking the dog and left his phone. Great. <laughs> and we don't have time. So I'm just going to approximate some of his memories for you. Excellent. So this is all caveated by potentially not being true. Let's go. Uh, my dad grew up in Northolt, which is West London, sort of out of it, near, M20, near the sort of M25, near Heathrow. Uh, his dad was a Brentford fan because that's the sort of area that you're a Brentford fan if you live in. Um, but Brentford were not very good at the time. Some will stay, still are not. Uh, my dad decided to support a team that were good at the time, Tottenham Hotspur. Mm. This was the 70s. No, the uh, 60s. Um, they, I mean, they were much more successful in that period. The, they were the, probably the one of the two best teams in the 1960s. Did they win the league in the 60s, I think? They won the double in 61. There we go. So that was when my dad glory hunted his way into being a Tottenham fan. Uh, and from that time on, he went to White Hart Lane a lot. Um, he he was at, I think he saw a, a, a cup semi-final there um, in, in Euro, like back in the glory days of European football at Tottenham. So he spent a lot of his youth there. And then he decided when I was young and not really knowing much about football at all, to take me there. Great. And my one memory, defining memory of the old White Hart Lane is facing away from the game, behind me, 
whilst everyone else is obviously facing the game, to watch a man rolling a cigarette with one hand. I'd never even seen a roll-up cigarette before. I didn't have a clue what he was doing, but it was mesmerising to watch him do it. That's uh, that's your most endearing memory of White Hart Lane. Another time, around Christmas, the club gave everyone a little gift pack uh, on their chair, and that was exciting, because obviously I was more interested in the gifts than the football at the time. Uh, but it was raining. Uh, everyone took their gift, and there was a goal. Everyone stood up, and I remember the sort of sound as everyone sat back down again in their wet seats. Oh, that's a nice sound. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I don't remember. I don't, squelch. I don't remember a lot of good football from my childhood, which is probably why when I decided to move away from supporting Tottenham at about seven years old to support Man United, just like Natasha Anderson, Ooh, I was a Southern Man United glory hunter in the nineties. For how long? About six months. About three or four years. Wow, I didn't know that about you. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, uh, I've been to White Lane a few times, just a handful, uh, and uh, I've got some great. I've got some. Uh, particular memories I remember being there when our goalkeeper oh wow spoiler alert uh, when when the goalkeeper of Tottenham at the time uh, I wondered how you knew that Spurs won the double so quickly and without any research let's listen we don't talk about the teams we support on this podcast and somehow we're going to keep that going as we go and watch Tottenham play Huddersfield today um <laughs> Um, so I remember the goalkeeper of Tottenham Hotspur taking a free kick from just in front of where I was sitting uh, his name was Paul Robinson it was against Watford uh, and I had taken for the very first time my then partner and she had never been to football before and she was fascinated by the banter between the fans and had basically was just watching the hardcore fans behind the Spurs goal as this free kick was taken and the free kick sailed from the foot of Paul Robinson out into the sky and it bounced just outside the uh, box, the, the, the penalty box of Watford and it bounced over the head of the other goalkeeper as the goalkeeper for Tottenham scored a goal. The first time I'd ever seen that live, the first time probably most people in attendance at White Hart Lane of 36,000 people had seen that live that day and we all went mad, jumping up and down and everyone was cheering and going, oh my god, the goalkeeper <laughs> scored and my then partner went, what happened? She was probably watching a man rolling a cigarette. She was probably watching a man rolling a cigarette with one hand from behind her, yes. Uh, no, that's, that's an endearing memory of White Hart Lane. Also, just seeing some incredible footballers play there. It was a very intense football stadium. It's going to be interesting today to see the difference because the stands were very close to the pitch. So when the atmosphere was good, which was not all the time, um, it was just really loud and visceral and exciting to be that close to the to the pitch. And if you were, if you were lucky enough to get seats pitch side ever, the the kind of physicality of professional football really took hold. And if I ever went with people who didn't really know football or like football, which in keeping with this podcast, you'll not be, you won't be surprised to find out, listeners, that I often have taken people who don't like football to football matches just to see what they think. Um, but the, they were so impressed by the seeing the physicality, and that was a real feature of the old White Hart Lane, and we'll see if the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium has the same thing. I remember the old one being really cold all the time. It, yeah, very cold. Cold stadium, don't know why. Lots of concrete. Yeah, it kept the, kept the cold in, I think. Yeah. Kept it, the wind swirling. Yeah. So I'm hoping for a bit more warmth. I'm so old. That is the... <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to say about that. One thing we forgot to talk about before, we talked about the bar in the new stadium, the uh, Tottenham Hospital Stadium. We talked about the marketplace. The marketplace, yeah. They've, 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 they've kind of created a kind of weird concourse thing. Basically, football food, uh, as I'm sure most of our listeners will know, not great. I, I would sum it up as crap pies. <laughs> what? Crap pies? Crap scalding pies. Yeah, very hot. Scalding? Scalding. Fine. Whatever. We've got no one here to correct us. Squalding. Um, Bovril. 
Yeah, Bovril famously, very watery beer. Bovril, for those who don't know, is a, I think we've talked about this in the podcast before, a meat-based beverage. Yes, a hot meat-based, it's basically a hot beef stock cube. I think the only place you can get it in an event is at football. I've no, I've had it, I think I went to the Greyhounds once and had it. Oh really? Yeah, well, in, I, in when I was quite Stone. young, yeah. I went with I, I went with a, an older friend. I don't think there's going to be Bovril in the marketplace. No, so the marketplace is like a kind of uh, amazing. They basically they've they've listened to the fans who've said we want better food, uh, and they have this big open space underneath the one tier stand, and it's got fish and chips, it's got curry, it's got pizza, it's got. Uh, bar called the goal line bar which i think we mentioned earlier that runs the entire length of the uh, uh of the pitch underneath the stand uh, and it's all in one place and for the real hipsters out there uh diet hipsters there's gonna be vegan options vegan options i'm excited we've been promised things such as tofu fish and chips yep deep fried deep deep fried beer battered tofu and chips uh there's like three bean burgers and jackfruit sandwiches and curries and curries. I'm really excited. Like, the food is always abysmal at football. The only reason that anyone ever gets there early is to get drunk. Yeah. And we're getting there super early to definitely just partake of the food. And I, no I want to try one of each of the different cuisines. <laughs> Great. So we're just going to be sick then, are we? Sick with happiness. Sick with happiness. I think we should go. I think the bus is going to be here in three minutes. Oh, I think that's the absolute worldy new bus that ding, we're going to go get. Ding, ding. <laughs> It's a new bus that goes ding ding. We'll uh, gonna go get out the trolley down to the soccer. Let's go. You'll hear from us very very soon. Woo! Get that down your face, Kyle. That was really nice, that half margarita. You just had half a margarita? Yeah. At a football match? Yeah. What kind of nonsense is this? And also, since this was a 12.30 kickoff, they had a breakfast special. What was on the breakfast Sausage, special? Sausage, mushroom, bacon. I thought, better of it. These are the kind of questions that people are really interested in, I think. What was on the breakfast pizza at the football match you went to? Here we are in the marketplace, Joel. Yeah. Just explain what you can see. I can see a very long bar. Apparently, according to the club, the longest bar at a stadium in Europe. Bar none. Bar none. Thank you. Who was that voice? Uh, we ran into uh, uh, football, uh, Absolute Worldly Football podcast alum Andrew Gruen. Hey. Hi, Andrew. How's it going? Fancy running into you guys here. Yeah, huh? I know, right? Uh, what do you make of the uh, incredibly long bar behind you? Uh, good. I've got myself a breakfast beer. It's a breakfast special. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, it's made on site, Craft Brewery, Beaver Town, uh, and it's really, really delicious. And what do you think about the new stadium? Uh, it's absolutely incredible from the outside. Uh, so far, I've seen the marketplace. I took the overground to White Hart Lane from Seven Sisters, and as you pass a few buildings, it just erupts into the skyline, this beautiful, beautiful, shimmering beacon of what will be <laughs> some incredible football to come. Andrew, are you a Tottenham fan? What, me? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I got the bus from uh, Wood Green to get here. Yeah. A uh, couple of things to say about the bus. A couple of guys drinking tinnies on the way to the game at quarter to Breakfast ten. Breakfast tinnies, good. good. Breakfast tinnies. Yeah. Uh, and we drove literally right past Haringey Borough Football Club. So, I've got a nice, uh, unusually nice moment for a large football club. If you, later on today, 
head along to Haringey Football Club with your Tottenham ticket, you uh, get free entry to watch the game. That's great. I hope everyone doesn't go because the stadium only holds about 500 people. Well, they sent the email out to 60 plus thousand people yesterday, so... Let's all go. <laughs> I mean, I just quite like that. I mean, it's unusual, certainly, but like, I like the idea that a, uh, a major football team would uh, promote as uh, a non-league football team in their area is actually very unusual. We spoke about earlier about the sort of insistence this is going to benefit the community, and that's one way it can, bringing people to another club. That's good. A smaller club, yeah. lifting their profile. I just have my doubts. I still have my doubts. Looking at this massive bar with all these people drinking at 10.30 in the morning. Uh, it, I mean, you've got to have your doubts about those people anyway. Sure. <laughs> Cheers, I mean, I say that. Cheers. Yeah. We're all holding beers as we say this, so we can hardly talk. But like, I have my doubts about money going to the local community if uh, people are here at 10.30 drinking in the, in the very big uh, bar in the ground. I don't know, the chicken shops were pretty full as I was... That's true, as was the kebab shop. Yeah. Are we saying saying that in general we're hopeful that it's actually going to contribute to the local community, despite Spurs refusing to spend any money on regeneration? I think what they do with the local businesses is they differ... In here, you get jackfruit burgers. I had a jackfruit burger. It was was okay. Breakfast gourmet pizzas out there, chicken and kebab. So, you know... Very good point. So those of you who don't know, probably a lot of you... The new stadium sits on the on the land of the old stadium. They've knocked it down. Uh, it's right. It's on a high road, Tottenham High Road, opposite a whole row of local businesses and shops, uh, which in the time that Tottenham moved to Wembley while they were building the new stadium would have suffered from the lack of uh, fans. But now the new stadium holds about 40% more than the old stadium. So fingers crossed, some of these people are going to be going to those restaurants. It's actually literally double. Oh, it's double? 50%? Yep, 36 to 62 that would be, no, be 72. It's 40% more, Carl. Like I said. But the worry is, I guess, that, yeah, you have this sort of exclusive, uh, you know, ticket prices are so high, and then outside you worry that you don't get the benefits spread around. Yeah. Uh, or it's inaccessible. It's like having an opera house in the middle of uh, a deprived area. Well, there is a little bit of that. And also the jobs coming in to the area that they've boasted about are... There's, you know, the promotion opportunities within those jobs is fairly low, especially on the basis that they only work once every other week. I also assume there'll be zero-hour contracts. I you'd have thought so, because they can only work on match days. We could literally ask someone over there, but that would be a bit rude. I also think we would probably get in trouble with the club. <laughs> I mean, three men hodling around no, the No, Levy will roll up behind you and say, excuse me, Ken. <laughs> Oh, actually, we are somebody. interviewing Levy later. Oh, yeah, for Levy's, the podcast. So. Oh, nice. He's coming down later. Oh, good. Nice. To show us around. We're going to go look at some of the corporate bits. Oh, yeah. We're going to look where the cheese room should have been. Oh, oh there's cheese no room? cheese room? There's no cheese room. Famously, no cheese room. Oh. What's the cheese room? Well, they announced. I didn't hear that. When they first announced the plans for Stadium Car, they announced they would have a cheese room featuring continental cheeses oh, for cheese. people who paid a certain amount of money oh, to join a certain level. I thought you meant that for the players to sort of relax and like unwind there'll be like a, a, a club music room yeah, yeah. that was only playing cheese. Yeah, yeah, that, that, uh, that's probably what they that's what they're saying they meant. Do you know who would love that? Deli Alley. Deli Alley oh, would, he love would go nuts for that. Absolutely. Deli loves a bit of cheese. <laughs> I hope to see Deli play today. Uh, I think he's injured. He broke his hand on Tuesday night. Yeah. So. Some of us shouldn't have backed him to be first goal scorer then, should they? Oh, <laughs> always talking about your bets. <laughs> so, listeners, we're, we're going to go uh, get some more of this lovely uh, £5 beer down our throats and we'll give you an update on where we are in a bit.
So Kyle, we've walked pretty much everywhere that non-corporate people can walk. How are you feeling about this new dawn for football stadium? I'm slightly dizzy uh, because we've gone forward and backwards, anti-clockwise, clockwise. Uh, we've seen some sights. Uh, we saw a, a magician. Yep. A club magician. Uh, we saw uh, someone doing face paint on children. Yeah. Uh, I saw a young lad of about 10 years old holding a pint. Great. That's and good... I saw a man in a corner mumbling to himself facing the wall. So kind of all facets of modern football in one billion pound building. I mean, you know, in, in the homogenisation of this fine club, I would... I would hate to lose all of the weird stuff. Yeah, that's true. You'd want you want at least somebody facing a wall mumbling about how unfair things have been. Maybe he was complaining about the cashless stadium. Yeah, we probably wanted to buy a pint, but couldn't because he didn't have any money. So it's, yes, it's a completely cashless stadium. Uh, you, everyone is. All we can hear is boop, boop, boop. That's not a chatbot. That's people's credit cards or debit cards. I mean. Mostly what I can hear is people going ooh and ah and wow still. The novelty after this is the third game here is definitely not worn off. Andrew is still with us. It's such a new looking stadium that you come across like one spilled drink and you're like, ah, they've sullied the place, (laughs) sullied the place. I I almost wanted to get out a napkin and mop it up myself. (laughs) Why Um, why didn't you? I just did that. Call yourself a fan. Uh, But Kyle, you found yourself in the upside down, didn't you, when you went to order a... Beer. I did. The beers fill up from the bottom here. What? It's the future. Um, Although, does that mean... What does that accomplish? Does it just make it quicker? faster. But that's, it means also an unrecyclable. So. Is it unrecyclable? It's got a bit of metal in the glass. Surely metal is recyclable. Plastic isn't. So basically they need to find a plastic glass without the bottom bit. Or like a, they can use those sort of like harder plastic cups you can wash. BYOB. Or BYOB metal I filler up from the bottom. I can't imagine. Not I mean, BYOB, but BYOC. Bring your own cup. <laughs> I can't really imagine a, a billion pound stadium where they're like, do you know what you need to do? Yeah. Bring your own We pipes. don't have cups, sorry. Just gotta yeah. bring your own pipe glasses. Not also, glass, not glass. Yeah, I was going to say, also, I wonder when the last time a British stadium served a pint in a glass, pint glass was. Probably Harringay Borough up the road. Because that is a safety risk and a half, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We've yet to see anyone throwing pints up in the air and dancing, but then again, it, it's not even midday yet. So. And it is a Huddersfield versus Tottenham, not, not the, fierce rivalry. The lineups have come out, and oh, let me tell you, it's going to be... Bit of a slow game, probably. Tottenham, probably made, slow... Tottenham made seven changes. The word snooze fest has been mooted. <laughs> We're hoping for better. We're dazzled by the stadium, though. It's all right. It's all right. So, Andrew, what are your sort of memories of the old stadium? Uh, mostly climbing a lot of stairs. Uh, it just, it had a, it felt, especially being non-native English uh, coming to to the UK. It had a sense of real rich history, and you would, you'd, it was like stepping into and something from another decade. A little bit of threats, yeah, especially when you were queuing up next to the away fans. Um, sometimes Did you ever get... find people having to go at you for having an American accent? Uh, no. No? I am, uh, did I? No, I, I am so. missing the menace. 
I've not, I, I've not heard a chant yet, actually. We've been in the stadium for an hour and a half. That's true. I've not heard a that single song. We haven't been in any of the sort of more lively places in the last half hour. So. I mean, we've been, we were in such a lively place, I had to shut it down, Joel. That's true. I, I mean, know. yeah. That's I something I've noticed about the, the space being sort of smaller and uh, I'm pretty sure this compact. is the like wheelchair accessible section of the stadium that we're in. I've seen like probably about eight or nine those special doors over there. And wheelchair, people yeah. in wheelchairs are not going to be menacing. I, I, I no, I don't that. mean that at all. I Full just, of vitriol. This has taken a turn, this guys. Is, yeah, it really has. <laughs> rolling on. Let's Should we go watch on. a football match? Let's go watch. Should we go watch a football match? Yeah. Let's go. Let's go get some pints to fill up from the bottom and watch a football match. It and comes we'll, in pints. I'm getting one. And we'll talk again after the game. Yes. And what a drubbing for Tottenham Hotspur at their new stadium. Spurs 4, Huddersfield nil. I'm here with Joel and Andrew. We're eating tofu fish and chips in the marketplace. Out of 10, Joel, not the game, but the fish and chips. Seven. Andrew? Uh, for the fish and chips? Uh, yeah, seven. Solid seven. I'd say six. Chili sauce is making me sneeze. You probably can't hear us now. The fans are in full swing. This is me and Joel and Andrew checking out from the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Goodbye. What did you think of our roadshow music? Oh, I'm glad we got some roadshow music. I don't think it'd been the same without it. Thank you, thank you so much, Creative Commons artists. You've really <laughs> raised the bar again for music on this podcast. Well, that was an experience, Carl. New stadium. Still not sure how I feel about the uh, impact on the local area and the regeneration slash non-regeneration of the area. But as a place to watch football. I think even our casual listeners, hell, I'll tweet us, I'll take you. What were the chances of us in a 17,500-seater tiered, uh, tiered stand bumping into ex-guest Andrew Gruen? That's almost unheard of. I mean, there's so many, there were 62,000 people there and we ran into Andrew Gruen, who I really did think uh, enlivened the episode with his, with his quips and his uh, commentary. I mean, there's a reason why we had him on. Yeah, and there's a reason why we'll probably have him on again. Great guy. Great fun had at the game. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching football in a new place. I enjoyed the atmosphere. The food was better than normal football. Fair, but still not great. The beer was fantastic, as you could probably tell towards the end of the episode. Um, I am a little bit sloshed, but it's great. And it wasn't cold. It was windy. The beer was cold. The temperature was warmer than the old one. Well, that's a good but thing to know. The, the floor... And- it was made out of the old walls of the old stadium, which is interesting. That's a mad thing. Yeah. They what? They knocked down the stadium, they mulched up the walls, and they made the floor out of it. And there's a bit resin over the top. Quite oh, pretty. It was pretty. It was very different. I also noticed as we were leaving uh, that the, what, on, we were talking about the, the, the sort of old businesses on the other side of the road. The queue for the old chicken shop out the door. The oldie chicken shop. Which is great. That is good. I mean, there you go. Maybe I may, Listen, uh, as we know, I'm incredibly cynical about football and what it does. Uh, and the money involved and the impact it has. But if the chicken shop has a queue coming out the door, it can't all be bad. 
And just to finish on a really sweet note, tell the listeners about Lucas Moore and his and his little boy. So uh, at the game, as I'm sure all our listeners will be aware, as it happened this weekend, and of course you all follow the football religiously, right? Uh, well, Lucas Moura scored a hat-trick for Tottenham Hotspur. He scored three goals. He got to keep the match ball. And at the end of the game, he went over to the stand and he started beckoning. And everyone was like... What? Que pasa? What's happening? Why is, the, why is he doing that? He doesn't speak Spanish. He doesn't speak Spanish. I don't know why I said que pasa. Anywho, uh, uh, and uh, uh, it turned out that he was beckoning his one-year-old son to be brought to the pitch. And he picked up his one-year-old son in his arm, holding the the match ball he was taking home as his reward for scoring three goals in the other. And he brought him onto the pitch. And the child ran up to take some kicks. And as he did, in a heartwarming display of of camaraderie, or camaraderie, as uh, <laughs> Kyle sometimes says, um, <laughs> uh, he uh, ran up. And as he was running up to take a kick, I say run up. He toddled. Barely, toddled. He could barely walk the one. Not Lucas Moura, the child. Um, and as he was going, the crowd was going, Every time he kicked it, it was beautiful. They're already making new Tottenham memories at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And as did we, I feel like this was a well worth thing to have done. Let us know. Did you like our Roadshow episode? More importantly, did you like our Roadshow music? Uh, tweet us. Contact us. Tell us what you feel in, uh, in, a, in a review. We'd love to hear from you. Rate, review, subscribe, tweet. Um... We have been threatening to do a roadshow, I think, about... I think we've done about five times to do one. It's nice to finally do one. And now we've got the music. We'll just keep on doing it. We're never, ever going to be at Absolute Worldy Football Podcast Towers again. We're I still want to go road. to Forest Green. Forest Green. And they did They did tweet... They did like one of our tweets. And we just got to push that... Out. Come on, Forest Green, if you're listening. The playoffs, you're close. I can almost smell them. We'll come to Wembley and we'd love to meet someone from the club. Vegan FC, we're on our way. Tottenham Hotspur, you've had your day. We'll get ahead of the things we get ahead of normally in the next episode. Of the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast. Goodbye. Bye. That was the Absolute Worldy Football Podcast by Kyle Ross and Joel Samuels with theme music by Adam Janot Wazowski and Amad Shada Patel. Absolute Worldy is dedicated to the memory of Liam Seeger, who designed our beautiful logo. Please do remember to like, share, subscribe, give us a rating, and follow us at Worldy Podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>